Hi there, and welcome to Indie Know, a podcast hosted by me, Lane Northcutt. Each episode, I will interview an indie author or publishing professional and chat about all things related to the author journey, including writing, editing, publishing, marketing, advertising, and so much more. If you're an author or just interested in learning more about writing, then stick around. Each week, my goal is simple, to help you learn a bit more about the craft and the industry. After listening, I hope you'll feel a little bit more Indie Know. Hello and welcome to another episode of Indie Know. Today's guest is Sky Horn. Sky Horn is the author of the best-selling YA fantasy romance series, Kingdoms of Fairy, who is obsessed with telling stories full of magic, myth, and legends. She lives in the mountains of California with her husband and two fur babies and enjoys the beautiful quiet mountain escape for writing. Sky hopes to inspire a new generation of young writers to follow their dreams. Earlier this year, she completed the fourth and final novel in her debut series, available now on Amazon. Without further ado, welcome, Sky. Thank you so much for having me, Lane. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, so first off, I'd love to get a little bit more information about your backstory, a little bit more about you as a person and, and how you got into writing. I got into writing very typically, like everybody always says, as a kid. I had that one teacher who really encouraged creative writing in school, and I found that I really enjoyed it. Um, my writing experience actually started with music, though, so with songwriting and mm. poetry. And that kind of moved into novel writing as I got older, and I started reading more and realizing that I liked the storytelling aspect of it a lot more than I liked the, the poetry and the prose, though I do still mm -hmm. really enjoy that. <laughs> um, so I went to college for writing. I got my bachelor's in creative writing and English literature. So I have a bit of a background in that. And I decided to go the self-publishing route in the end. But I've just really enjoyed the ride and, you know, discovering my voice and figuring out what it really means for me to be a writer rather than just being somebody who enjoys writing. So that's kind of been my quick history. <laughs> <laughs> And, and can you talk a little bit more about your writing process? I'd love to know, when do you sit down to write and for typically how long? And are you a morning or night writer? You know, what, what's, uh, what's your process and your preferences? It's funny because I used to say that I was a night writer. Like I was completely a night owl in college and always did, you know, write early in the morning up until 2 a.m. And then I'd finally get some sleep. But that has actually <laughs> changed over the past couple of years, um, probably because I'm getting older. But I am now more of a scheduled morning writer and I get up about three hours before my day job and sit down and write and have my morning coffee. And you mentioned in my bio that I live in the mountains in California. So I have a really beautiful view from my house. So I love to get up and watch the sun come up. It's amazing. And it's really great for like the creative flow for my writing. So mm -hmm. I tend to have that type of schedule where I probably stay up too late and then get up too early and don't get enough sleep. <laughs> It works out for me. I, I get the best amount of creativity in the morning when everybody else in the house is still asleep and I kind of have that quiet time to myself. So that's what I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do, you have a, do you have a ritual usually when you're starting a new project or, or when you're sitting down to write? Yeah, I am very much of a planter. So meaning that I don't, I don't really plot out my novel, but I have to have kind of a general idea of where I'm going. So I, right. I like to start with kind of a five milestone um, setup, which is just having the general basic idea of it ne this needs to happen here, this needs to happen here, and this needs to happen here to get me to the end of the book. 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I start with. So I'll sit down and I'll kind of outline that. And it usually changes by the time I actually write the book, but at least I have an <laughs> idea of what I want. Um, so that's my my method to madness. I'm also a big fan of sticky notes. I love to like cover my walls in sticky notes about plot points that I come up with and, you know, take notes in my phone with those random moments during the day that I'm like, oh, that's what's going to happen next in my book. Um, (laughs) But the general process is usually just basically planning out those, those main points of my story and then sitting down to write them Um, every day. I have to have a schedule. Otherwise I, I don't, I don't work well without it. I guess I could say. It's right. easier for me to get things done if I don't procrastinate. And I think for my debut series, at least, I'm, I'm one of those writers that always had too many projects going mm-hmm. on. I would, you know, start a project, then not, or then I'd start a project and then stop and start another project. And I think that didn't work out for me very well. So for this one, I really just focused on Kingdoms of Fairy and I cranked it out and published four books in one year. So I think that wow. was pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> it's a fun thing to say. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really quick. I mean, especially for especially for somebody who has a day job, right? That's that's waking up super early to even get these books out, and then on top of that, you know, you you have a family life to to worry about and 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 time to to sleep. So, um, can you talk about you know how difficult it was really to put out four books in a year? And, and, and your tips on how somebody else might be able to do that same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, I don't usually recommend it because um, <laughs> you're kind of pushing yourself to your limit by asking yourself to hit these crazy deadlines. But for me, it worked out really well because I was in between jobs when I started writing the first book. And I kind of had time to sit down and just work through the general census of what I wanted it to be before I started working the new job. Um, so that gave me a little extra time. And like you said, I do have my family life as well, which is really important to me. And it's it's very important for me to still spend time with my husband, not lock myself in my office all day. Um, right. So having that schedule really helps where I get up earlier than him in the morning. So he's still asleep when I'm writing and I don't feel like it's taking away from our relationship when it comes to the later parts of the day. That all doesn't always work because obviously I have to market now and I have to do like my publishing stuff, which can take mm-hmm. more time. But he's been very great support and super understanding of the fact that this is what I want to do with my life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the beginning, the first half of the series, I had more time on my hands. And then the second half, it's been back at my day job. I work full time and also write full time. So it's, it's a handful, mm. but I definitely recommend to writers who want to do the rapid release and who want to, you know, put that up out quickly, that they just have an open understanding with the people in their lives because it does take away from your time. Um, I don't think it's ever a good thing to just commit to this project and not tell the people that love you like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be really busy for the next, you know, six months, a year. So <laughs> I think having that open communication and just telling them, hey, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. And I hope you'll support me. And that's kind of where my mindset was when I started doing this. And then also just be kind to yourself. Like if you don't hit a deadline, it's okay. You can always move your deadlines back. You can always change things, especially in the self-publishing industry, which is what I did. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely had some book releases where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to hit the deadline I set for myself. And I just had to accept that maybe it was going to be, you know, a month later than I thought it was going to be. 
that actually happened with the third book. So you just have to be kind to yourself. You have to be very aware that you are a human being and you have to, you know, be aware of the mental health because that's super important, especially as a creative person. Because if you don't have that mental stability, you're not going to be able to write that book anyway. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you brought that up about the control of the deadlines and basically everything when it comes to self-publishing. And and I'd love to know a little bit more about why you decided to go the self-publishing route rather than the traditional. Yeah. Um, so when I was in school, because like I said, I went to college for my creative writing, I had to take a writing seminar class, which is basically the equivalent of a thesis class, but for writers. Mm-hmm. So what it was, was it was a group setting where we basically just sat and worked on our books and we would work with the professor and with each other and we would work on finishing the project that we had been working on for the last four years, which for me was a different book, one that I have not finished yet because I don't feel that it is ready for publishing. Um, But in that setting, we were very focused on traditional publishing and on the big six at that time, which is now more close to the big four. Um, (laughs) So we were focused on, you know, what do you need to get into that industry and what does it actually mean to have your book published in that industry? And as much as I love the idea of seeing my book on a Barnes and Noble shelf or, you know, having a book signing in one of the bigger bookstores, it just, it didn't sit right with me to lose the amount of control over my story that I was hearing others in that group had lost. So I have Mm -hmm. friends that have traditionally published and I've heard the horror stories and I have nothing against traditionally publishing because I think there are merits to it. And there's definitely things that come along with it that you can't get in the self-publishing world. But for me, I just wanted, I wanted for my first project to be something I could say, Hey, I did this and I did it all myself that I I did the cover design. I did the editing. Like I reached out and franchise or I reached out and hired people to help me with that, but it was all under my control. And I, maybe I'm just a control freak. Maybe I just needed that, but that is (laughs) what I wanted. (laughs) No, I think we all are a little bit of a control freak when it comes to self-published authors, right? Because otherwise, I don't think we would have jumped fully into it, uh, into something that requires so much of our own work and decision-making and control if we didn't actually enjoy it. Yeah, I completely agree. (laughs) Nobody realizes how much work comes with self-publishing until you actually do it or you like have a family member who's done it. Because there is so much to it. You have to market. You have to find the cover design. You have to edit. You have to make sure that your book is actually presentable for the world. Because obviously, as authors, we're our worst critics, but we also miss things. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to realize that self-published authors have to do a lot. There's not anybody there to, you know, pick them up and tell them how to do it. A lot of it is just, you know, research and reaching out to other authors and finding out how do I do this? How do I get my book out there so somebody else will read it? And it's been a roller coaster for me, but I feel pretty confident that I have, you know, accomplished something that I didn't think I could accomplish four years ago. So I think that's great. Yeah, that is amazing. And and honestly, like four books in a year, that's a, that's a big accomplishment in itself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I love that you brought up the fact that you reached out to other people, even though, you know, you're doing this itself, but you're not doing it all by yourself. You know, there's a whole bunch of people out there that you are using. Um, along the way for their their skills, but also their support. And I'd love to talk about the community of, of other people that you're, you're engaging with that have helped you along the way 
specifically the author community um, and, and specifically the writer community that you're a part of? Yeah, the community has made all of the difference for me. So I was very terrible at social media before this past year. So 2020 was <laughs> a turning point for me on social media because obviously we all had a lot of time on our hands. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just, you know, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be stuck at home and if I'm going to be quarantined and the world is going to go to chaos, then I am going to learn how to do something really well. And so what I did was I learned how to do Instagram really well. And I can confidently say that now. I could not confidently say that six months ago. But that is all because of the writer community and the people on Instagram who are sharing their work and sharing their experience and their struggles of what being a writer is. So when I first started out writing, I didn't have a lot of people that I could go to and say, hey, how do I do this? And how do I you know, know that my book has been edited enough? Or how do I know that my scene is good enough for somebody else to read? I didn't have anybody in my life at that time that I could reach out to. But I do now, and I see the importance of that. And so myself and three other women who are incredible writers, incredible authors, I swear they're going to be self-publishing geniuses by the end of this and probably best-selling authors in 10 years, um, <laughs> which is just me like hyping up my friends. But we found this connection in wanting to help other writers discover their dreams. And we developed the writer community, which is a platform on Instagram that just brings authors and writers together in a safe space where they can talk about what it actually means to be a writer and they can share their work and they can find critique partners and they can find beta readers and all the stuff that we had to spend hours researching on the internet, um, (laughs) kind of all in one place. So I feel like I would have loved to have something like that when I first started out. So I love being a part of building it. And I love that we can help so many people realize that they can follow their dreams and they can reach their goals much easier than I think we've been told that we could. Because as writers, like you're always told, well, that's not really a practical way of life. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should do something else. And Mm -hmm. this is the opposite of that. It's telling writers, you can do this. And you know what? Your story does matter. So please tell it and share it and let's make it better together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've talked with um, Ray Lynn about the writer community before on the podcast. And um, I, I plan to have other other people involved with the show to chat more about the community and and also other communities that are out there that are doing very similar things to yours. And I just think it's so great that, that there are people out there within our community that are trying to help so many other people, even though they may not have gotten the help originally themselves, you know? And, and I think that's such, that's, that's really the biggest thing about the author community, especially on Instagram and now TikTok is the the sheer number of people in the community who just truly want to help and see other authors succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned TikTok because I have not gotten there yet and I seriously (laughs) want to join. So I'm going to have to make my way over to TikTok now that I've mastered Instagram and be like, okay, now I'm going to do this and see what happens. Oh, oh, 100%. I mean, honestly, uh, from a personal standpoint, I, I have seen your reels and I think you can do TikTok uh, very well. So I think, I think you'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely been testing out the reels because that's obviously new to Instagram. Um, -hmm. but they're fun and I like that, you know, it's a quick, just, we're going to try this out. We're going to put some advice out there and we're going to 
have fun with it. And that's always what I want my Instagram to be. I want it to be fun and informational both at the same time. <laughs> right. Which is sometimes hard to do. But I, I think that uh, there's a good number of you all doing it well out there. So that's good to see. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> uh, now, speaking just a tad more about the writer community, I'd love to know just a brief uh, out- outline again, just for those who may have missed the the episode before chatting about it. Um, the different days of the week that you all participate with um, and, and which one is maybe your favorite? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for those that don't know, uh, we do put out monthly prompts for Instagram and they're free. We just post them onto our Instagram page where people can follow along with what they post on their Instagram page. So it just kind of gives a guideline of what you might want to post to get engagement. Um, you don't have to follow every day. You can kind of just, you know, go with what you like. And mm-hmm. basically to outline what that is, is that Mondays we have vision boards, which is like a mood board where you are going to talk about some type of topic. This month, we're going to be doing a lot of character vision boards. So introducing like the main character, the antagonist, the secondary characters. And it's kind of fun because it catches the attention of the people on your Instagram while also introducing something from your story. So you can get feedback on that. And then my favorite day is actually Tuesday, which is Writer Talk Tuesday, where we will post a discussion question basically out to the community. And it might be about editing. It might be about marketing. It might be about writing. But basically, we're asking you a question that says, okay, how do you do this? And what do you struggle with with this? And then the whole community can answer and post on their own, answering the questions that maybe you haven't gotten to yet. So maybe you need answers on how to edit the opening chapter and why that's important. Um, because obviously that's what catches your reader's attention. So mm-hmm. we'll ask, how do you edit your opening chapter? And then the whole community will go on and post about what their routine is or how they do it or what tips they have. And I love that because I always learn things from them. Like even after four books, I'm still learning every single day how to make my writing better. And oh, yeah. you you find that from the community. So that's my absolute favorite day. I love seeing everybody's different you know, answers and everybody participating in bettering each other because that's what our community is about. It's about helping each other be better writers. Um, oh, yeah. And I have to say, I, I also uh, think that Writer Talk Tuesday is probably my favorite day of the week as well. So um, I, I'm, I'm happy to know that you, you feel the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are super passionate about that day. That is going to stay in our agenda forever, even as things change, because it's so helpful to have that type of connection with other writers and know you're not alone when you're struggling with something, too. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you didn't know that everybody struggles with opening with opening chapters or with opening lines. So it's good. It's good to have a community of people where you can say, hey, I really don't know how to do this. Does anybody have any advice? And it's amazing to me how many people answer those questions and reach out to those people and say, hey, this is what I do. I hope it helps, you know, <laughs> that type of yeah. thing. And then Wednesdays, we do snippets now, which has been a new thing the last two months. And that basically just opens the floor for critique, which is something all writers are terrified of. We don't <laughs> like to share our work. Like We want to publish, but we don't want to share our work. That's the funny part about writing. Um, so Wednesdays, we ask the community to post a snippet that you might need feedback on. And I personally really like that day as well, because I found when I first started writing that I was terrified of sharing any, like even the smallest sentence. So this has really opened even my eyes up to how beneficial it can be to have another writer look at your work and look at what you're writing and point out maybe some strengths and weaknesses in that section. 
And then Thursday is a um, story development day, which we've kind of stretched the meaning of because we wanted to give <laughs> more more than just story development, but we still call it that just because we have the hashtag and it, it really helps to, you know, keep everything organized. But story right. development is basically the craft and how to write a story and how to make it the best that it can be. So going forward, or actually by the time this podcast is out, it'll be up. Um, we're going to have the writer community website. We'll have blog posts that go along with story development. So that's going to mm. be a fun kind of reach out that we're going to be doing where we're going to have more information on those topics. So right now it's just what do you do for story development, but going forward, we're going to have more of a craft section on our website. So that's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're really excited about that because we're going to have a lot of guest authors come in and post their blogs on there so that we can kind of get the community involved in that story development. And I think mm -hmm. that's going to be really great for the whole community. Absolutely. And then Friday is my second favorite day, actually, because it's Writer Promo Friday, which <laughs> means that we shout out everybody in the community. <laughs> um, we do a lot of self-promotion for people because it's so hard to promote yourself. And it's so hard to, you know, say, hey, I'm a writer and I did this and I wrote this book and I really want you to check it out. Like, that's difficult. It's difficult to ask somebody to buy something that you wrote. So we like to encourage our community to self-promote themselves on those writer promo Fridays and tell us what they're working on so that we can go and support each other and, you know, buy those books and get it on Kindle Unlimited or whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah, and that's really cool for me because I like to see what everybody's working on, too. So it's a really great excuse for me to go in and be like, ooh, I'm going to read that book next. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Saturday, we do writing sprints and guest lives. So we like to have people from the community come in and talk to us, or we'll talk about, you know, the writer talk Tuesday, the week before, if it seemed like there were a lot of discussion questions on there. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do an hour writing sprint in the morning to get the whole community together and just write or edit or work on the author business together, which is really fun. I will say that it's a bit distracting to be a host of one of those because you're like, Ooh, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that. But <laughs> It's still fun, and it, I think it's a good way to kind of introduce yourselves to one another in a community that might not always see each other, especially with the Instagram al algorithm. Right. <laughs> and then Sunday is all about goals and self-care. So we like to ask the community to post what they're going to be doing that week and kind of keep each other accountable for what we want to accomplish in the week and what we want to do with our book business, but also to be mindful of the mental health and burnout because we definitely went through like some crazy months together. And I feel like having that self-care aspect is just so important at this point to make sure that everybody is staying on top of Instagram is not the main focus of what being a writer is, but it's no. good to have and it's good to have that community and it's good to be aware that maybe you are working too hard and you need to take a step back. So we we like to encourage people to take a step back every week and have a rest day or have a day where they, you know, just hang out with their family or talk about their book with their family rather than being so focused on accomplishing their goals that they forget to live life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Because sometimes it can be a little difficult, right? When we, when we dive into a project and we just focus so heavily on that and the promotion of it and the research and and just trying to perfect it that we sometimes lose touch with with reality and, and forget that there are many other things to life other than this book we're working on. It happens to me probably once a week. So 
<laughs> I think that's why I like those Sundays because I can remind myself like, okay, maybe I should go take a bubble bath or maybe I should go for a run. Just do something that's not writing that's going to benefit my body and my mind and my relationship with my family. And that's always been really important for me. Right, right. And a, and a healthy body and mind means that more ideas and more creativity is more likely. Exactly. Well. Absolutely. I always find that if I'm if I'm happier and and, and uh, feeling better um, physically and mentally, that uh, I usually do better with my writing. So it's always yeah. Our writing comes from our emotions, so I think that is a fair point to make. <laughs> now, I'd love to know a little bit more about why you chose specifically YA fantasy romance for your debut series. What drew you to that that genre and age group, and specifically um, Kingdoms of Fairy, the inspiration behind that? Yeah. Um, So I grew up reading a lot of fantasy. I started with like C.S. Lewis when I was a kid and moved into more of the young adult, like Harry Potter and, you know, um, Mortal Instruments, stories like that as I grew into a teenager. And I think that those books were just so inspirational to me as a young adult that even as a teenager in high school, I used to think, that's what I want to write. I want to write to that younger generation who needs to have that emotional escape. And for me, I needed that. I needed, you know, a light at the end of a dark tunnel to be very cliche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I needed that in my life at that age. And I think that as an adult, I like looking back and thinking, okay, if I write this book, what is it going to do to help a younger me? What is it going to do to help a younger version of myself that might have needed to hear this message at that time? And that's kind of where the the inspiration for Kingdoms of Fairy came from. Um, I like to say that, you know, these stories just live in my head, which they do. They, they most definitely do. The characters have their own little apartment in my mind. Um, <laughs> but they're also there as this version of myself that remembers what it was like to be a young adult and not really know how to fit into society or not really know how to be everything that I was supposed to be. And that's mm-hmm. really what my books are about. They're about growing up and they're about learning to be an adult and learning to discover yourself and your individuality. So for me, Kingdoms of Fairy was just letting that teenager side of me out, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> letting her, you know, discover what what she wanted to discover back then. And I really loved reading young adult. I still do. I'm almost 30 and I still love to read young adult. So <laughs> I think even to say that I write for young adult, I'm still writing for like the twenties and the thirties too, because I think there's something to take away from that innocence and that growing up that we are still trying to figure out to this day. And maybe even into like our thirties and forties. I'm not sure yet. I'm not there. <laughs> oh yeah. But and yeah, I think, so- I think the, uh, the big, a big number of YA readers, right? Like I, I'd say probably 60% of YA readers are actually uh, in their 20s and 30s. They are. Yeah. They, they've done studies that show that most YA readers are actually in their you know, mid-20s, early 30s, because we are at that point in our life where we're like, well, I remember what it was like to be a teenager and I kind of <laughs> want to read about that now. <laughs> Yeah, we want to um, escape the adult life that we thought we wanted so much, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. And that's 100% what it is. We are looking for escapism. And that is why I love to write books in fantasy worlds, because I feel like there's just such this sense of escape. And you are going into a world that maybe, you know, maybe it mirrors your own world. Maybe there's a certain society that exists in real life that is being shown in this book. But in, in, general, you're going to a whole new world and you're living somebody else's life. And 
I think that has been really cool to do as an author to just provide this this escape for people that maybe were not feeling great because of the pandemic this past year too, because everybody right. was locked up and everybody, you know, didn't have the socialization. I know that if I were in that situation as a teenager, I would have probably jumped to books. That would have been my go-to. So I really wanted to provide that as well. Um, that was really important for me. And now I know for you specifically with Kingdoms of Fairy, I, I believe from our previous interview during my launch event last year, um, that you also mentioned a trip to Ireland. And I'd love to know, yes. uh, I would love to have you mention that, that story again. Yeah. So the world itself of fairy um, definitely came not just from my imagination, but from traveling experience. So I went to Ireland for a couple of weeks. It was, I think, 2017, I want to say. And basically what we did was we took a bus around Ireland and we got to visit Northern Ireland and we got to visit um, Cork and uh, Dublin and a lot of other different cities. And we, as we were driving around in that bus, I remember everybody was asleep because we went out really late the night before. And we, I was just looking out the window, kind of daydreaming. And there was, it, I don't know if anybody who's listening has ever been to Ireland, but I'll try to explain it the best I can. I feel like it's one of those things you really have to see to experience. But basically just a large expanse of green hillsides that kind of looked like they went on forever. But you could also tell that there were property lines because there's gates up and there's people, you know, that live on these places. So I'm sitting there daydreaming and I'm like, wow, I really just want to run across that hill. That would be so fun. <laughs> and, which is my just crazy brain talking after way too late, late of a night. But um, so I'm, I'm daydreaming about that. I'm like, well, okay, so I can't do that. But what about back in the old days when it would have been open and I could have just gone out there and run across it and done whatever I wanted? And so that is kind of where Kingdoms of Fairy was born because I was thinking about how open and free this country was and how beautiful it was just to look out over the scenery. And then the character popped into my head, like, what if there was a girl who got to, you know, run out across those hillsides? It's not me. It's somebody else. <laughs> and um, so that Thea, my main character, is a young woman who grew up in an ordinary world and discovers that she is royalty from a kingdom called Fairy. So this ordinary girl is pulled into a magical land that is based out of Ireland and based on Celtic goddesses and Celtic lore. And when I got home from Ireland, I just started researching Celtic lore and kind of stumbled upon, I guess, this mm -hmm. old myth about a queen of Fairy, a goddess who lived in a mountainside. Her name was Anya. And I thought, okay, well, what if she was the reason, not only is she the queen of fairy, but she has a land of fairy in that hillside that they have myths about. And so that's kind of where my kingdoms of fairy came out of. And in the beginning of my first book, Thea stumbles through the threshold that takes her from the real world and, you know, reality to this magical land that is in the hillside. And I thought that that was just such a fun way to stumble upon magic like it exists it's right under our noses but it's all laced with lore and it's laced with myth yeah yeah and and do you find that you you built this character around yourself or or at least a, a piece of yourself and and did you use inspiration from others you know for the the other characters in the book so she's definitely a piece of myself i i think that it's very difficult as an author to write a main character who doesn't 
at least slightly resemble oneself. And because you just spend so much time thinking about their thoughts and their feelings and how they would react to things that they kind of become you. (laughs) And you try not to do that because obviously you don't want to write yourself into a book. But (laughs) there's definitely a piece of yourself when you write a main character like that. And she has that wild, I want to take on the world kind of feeling that I always felt like I had. And like I've traveled to 13 different countries since I turned 18. I've, you know, that's always just been something that I wanted to do. I wanted to experience culture. And I think Thea has that same kind of mindset. She wants to dive into the world and never, never look back, basically. And so that was something that I think I took from myself and put into my character. But then she grew into her own person. And now she makes decisions I disagree with. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think... It, it started that way and then it became something greater, which I think is awesome. I love the person that she's become, even when I disagree with her, even when she takes me on roller coasters. Like, <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> and then other characters, I try not to base them on people that I know. I am, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who knows that the people that I know will pick themselves out of my books. So <laughs> it's, it's just my personality. I don't like to do that. However, what I will do or what I would have done before, you know, quarantine was sit in a coffee shop and listen to the conversations around me. And I find that some of my characters did or were born out of those conversations. So out of people that I didn't know, but that I observed. So I'm, I'm a oh. people watcher. <laughs> and, and specifically for the love interest, did you base anything off of a past relationship or or um, a movie or a book, you know, did what what uh, what inspired that love, or did anything inspire it really? So the love interest was, I want to say that some of the bad stuff maybe came out of past experience, um, and then some of the loyalty came out of my own personal relationship. Now I think the main character mm-hmm. is a very loyal human being or fairy, I guess in this case. Um, <laughs> so the the main love interest is super loyal. He wants to take on the world, but he also wants to protect it. And so he is especially loyal to his kingdom, which in this case is Thea. And she's, you know, growing into being this queen and he's not supposed to love her. So that's kind of the fun part of this book is that he's not supposed to love her, but he's so loyal to the kingdom that he does. And he doesn't know how to differentiate between that loyalty and his love. And that becomes one of their biggest problems because she, you know, wants him to love her for her. He doesn't, she doesn't want him to love her because she's the queen of the kingdom. And so a lot of that did come, the loyalty did come from, you know, my own personal relationship with my husband. And he's always been so loyal to me and so patient with the person that I grew into because we met when I was 19. And I was not grown up yet. I definitely did not know, you know, I didn't know who I wanted to be yet. And I definitely made some big mistakes along the way. And he was always like my rock. He was always the patient one, always the one that I didn't deserve. So I think that is kind of what my main protagonist's love interest turned into in that sense. I won't say that he's based off my husband because he does some crazy stuff that I would hope my husband would never do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think just, the good aspects of him were based on that. And then I've pulled from past experience and probably from books and movies too. I don't think I did anything directly that I can think of, but mm-hmm. you know, we're all based on what we watch and what we read. So I think that kind of just plays a role in it, no matter how hard you try for it not to. <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't live in a, in a vacuum. So exactly. Yeah. 
No, that's great. And I love how much you you talk about, you know, how great your husband is with everything and how supportive and and how he's always been there for you and 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 uh, is an inspiration for the good side of of some of your characters. And um you know, I feel the same way about my wife a lot of times with with when I write certain characters that would be similar. And uh I, I do wonder though, um, do you get what I do sometimes where you just chat so much about the same book, um, just trying to you know talk about certain topics that you'd like to you'd like to hash out or or maybe improve upon a little bit, but but your your partner is is basically like, hey, I, I you know they let you do it, and then they're like, yeah, I guess you know because like they've heard it way too many times by now that like they they care, but they also you know don't sometimes. Yeah, one hundred percent. You have that happen. <laughs> I think that especially as I get into like my third and fourth book or as I got into my third and fourth book, I would ask him questions about things and he'd be like, yeah, that works. And I'm like, well, you got to give me more than that. Does it work? Why does it work? What what do you mean it works? And that just grew into, well, it's your book and you've been doing this for a while. I think you know what you're doing. And you know what? I actually needed to hear that, I think, because I was relying so much on his opinion of things that I was forgetting, you know, this is my book and this Mm -hmm. is the story that I have dreamed about writing for so long. And it's not about what other people think anymore. It's about what I want this story to be and what I what message I want to convey to my readers. So I think that was good in its own way, even though I was at the time I was like, Ugh, whatever, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he, he's supportive and I probably ask way too many questions. So I 100% agree with you about that. <laughs> now, how, how did it feel the moment you wrote the final word of your final book of your debut series. Oh, I had a really big glass of wine. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, the The drafting process, you know, is always, I'm sure you know this, it, it's always kind of taxing and you never really know when you're done mm-hmm. and you're questioning yourself the entire time. And so with the fourth book, especially, I just felt like, okay, I'm saying goodbye to these characters. And that is kind of depressing. It's kind of sad to, you know, say goodbye to people that I've been writing about for three books and who I've grown close to, as crazy as that sounds. Um, It's bittersweet to write the ending. And I felt like I just wanted to cheers to my main characters for letting me go on this journey with them because really it was their story. I, I told it, but it was their story that really grew and got the fans' attention and... I loved every moment of it and I'm excited for my next projects and I'm excited to, you know, move on. But I'm also kind of sad because that is something that I'm never going to go through again. It's never going to be my debut series again. So that's kind of how I felt. (laughs) (laughs) Are you thinking about ever revisiting the land of fairy or, or having a spinoff or a, or a novella or short story in the world at some point that you can give readers a, a new experience? Yes, 100%. I don't think I could completely say goodbye to Fairy uh, for at least a little while longer. So I have a spinoff series planned for this year, which is going to be focused on one of the secondary characters, Adrian, and a whole new character. And then I've also got a kind of an, I think it's going to probably turn into a novella about another secondary character, Haven, that I hope to release around Christmas time. So that's going to be more of a Christmas story. So I'm pretty excited about those, but I'm also, they're not going to be about the main characters anymore. So I'm still saying goodbye to my series. It's just that the world is still there. And I think that is very important when it comes to series. I think that those spinoffs do really well 
because, mm-hmm. you know, you're keeping that world alive and you're letting your readers explore it from a different angle. And I think that's so much fun. I love doing that as a reader. So I figured my fans will hopefully like it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to, to just briefly touch on the fact of secondary characters, especially those that we end up using for spinoffs or, or their own novellas or what have you. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, right? The the number of times that we as an author will dismiss the the true main characters of a story because we we end up really loving or connecting with a secondary character. Um, do you have that happen to you? That absolutely happened to me. And that is why these spinoff series were born because as much as I love Thea, she was a very innocent character for me because mm. it was the first story I'd written for publication. So I'd written before and I feel like she just, I love her and I know that I did well with her, but there's so much more depth that I could have dove into with her that I want to try that with the secondary characters now. So now that I've written those four books, I see these characters and I'm like, wow, that person has a killer story. And now I get to write it. And I'm excited about that. So like with Adrian, he didn't come into play until the third book of the series, but Mm -hmm. he played such a pivotal moment in Thea's story. And he didn't really get the redemption for himself. So he didn't get to find his happily ever after, which is something that I really like in books. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to write something for him and give him kind of a reprieve from all the chaos that I gave him in the third and fourth book. (laughs) And then the same thing with Haven. Like she is great for Thea. She's her best friend. And she, you know, she helps shape Thea into her own person. But I feel like she deserves so much more than that. And so I'm excited to write her little novella too. So I think it'll be fun. It's it's definitely probably therapy for me more than it is for my readers, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll enjoy it too. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. And if not, at least you did, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, now, touching on the subject of additional material coming out of your your series, do you ever hope to one day maybe see your your series in a film or TV adaptation? I would love to see it as a TV show. I think as a film, it wouldn't quite be able to do it just because of the length of the series. And I'm very particular about that because I've seen, you know, adaptions be done where I'm like, wait, you skipped this whole thing. So I'm more of a fan of TV adaptation than I am a film. But I think that would be really cool. I think that Theo would make an awesome TV heroine. And I think she could be super inspiring to the younger generation and to, you know, even my age generation about Mm -hmm. following your dreams and following those gut instincts that tell you you can do it. Um, And then the same thing with the secondary characters. I think seeing them come to life would be amazing. And I would be very excited about that. Um, I've never done that thing where you picture which actors or actresses you think would play them. But I feel like that would be a fun project to do for a TV series, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe you should do that next on your... uh one of those days with the mood boards or something like a character yeah. uh, character art day or That's something. That's a good idea. Maybe this month because we do have a main character one and I could still talk about Thea. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of character art, um, have you gotten a lot of character art from fans and readers out there? And, and do you have a favorite one that you've gotten? So I don't, unfortunately. I wish that I had. I I feel like I've gotten a lot of fan letters and I get emails a lot, but nobody's mm-hmm. done character art yet. So I will just put this out to the universe that I would love to see character art one day. (laughs) Um, I think that would be really cool. But that's going to be a milestone moment for me is getting that character art of one of my characters. 
Oh, absolutely. I think that's on my uh, my list of of goals to is eventually get without um, without asking directly. Um, right. <laughs> you know, because I think it'd be so cool to have somebody on their own volition, you know, because they loved a certain character in the book, just just draw them. Um, yeah, it's always exactly. interesting to see people's interpretation of your characters too, because I think that oftentimes we write them with a, a certain description, but I, I don't know if you do the same as, as I do, but I, I tend to leave description of characters a little more vague than I usually would um, in in other mediums because I, I want to make it a little more global, a little more um, let the reader kind of see themselves as, as that person rather than another person. Yeah, I in my writing itself, I am very much less descriptive of what the characters look like. My only problem is that my covers show what the main character looked like. So I can't really get oh, away from perfect. that. At least I feel like I've got this, you know, there's already right. a picture in the person's head when they look at my cover. But in general, with like the other characters, that is how I am. And I try to leave it up to the imagination so that the, you know, the reader can picture whoever they want. And I think that's a lot of fun as a reader. Have you ever cosplayed as Thea or any characters from your books? No, I haven't. I think it would be fun though. But since I wrote the books, basically during quarantine. There is no cosplaying oh, yeah. for me, um, but I do think it would be a lot of fun. I would definitely be into that in the future. Cool. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just thought it'd be kind of fun because uh, I don't know, I, I see a lot of cosplay photos and, and videos online, you know, and uh, I've always thought it'd be cool to go to a Comic-Con and then, and that got me thinking how cool it would be to see people dressed as characters from a book that you've written, you know? Yeah, I live out in the area where Comic-Con takes place not too far away. And I always want to go. My husband's been. I have not gone yet, but it is on my bucket list of places to be. So maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sky, I'd love to know your your words of wisdom or advice for all those all those out there listening. So I think I've mentioned this probably at least once already. But the biggest thing that I like to tell young writers or young authors or even, you know, just new writers and new authors is that don't give up on your dreams just because you don't know if it's good enough or you convinced yourself it's not good enough or somebody has told you it's not good enough. That just means that maybe you need to work a little harder and maybe you need to go to a different person for advice. But I always say, like, just keep trying. Just keep putting your best effort forward because we always are becoming better writers. I am a better writer than I was when I published Wings of Fate. Um, and I, I can see that at rereading my books and looking at what I've written and I can see the ways that I've improved. So I always say don't give up. It's definitely worth following the dream if you're passionate about it or if you're passionate about it. And I think that too often we think this isn't practical and we we give up too quickly. So I always encourage, you know, just if you really want to do this, then do it because you definitely can. And if you find the community and you find the people that will support you, then it's worth it in the end. It's not about making a bunch of money. It's just about telling that story and, you know, being a light in the world, which is always full of so much darkness and so much, you know, confusion about what life means and what's going on. So that is my words of wisdom. And it sounds really cheesy when I say it, but it, it's definitely something that I wish somebody would have told me as a young adult or a younger writer. I love that. And, and Sky, where can people find more about you and your books? So the best place to find me is Instagram. As I mentioned, that's kind of where I'm most active. And my username there is at skyhorn underscore author. You can also just go to my website and find all the links there, which is skyhorn.com. And my books are available on Amazon. So if you just search in Kingdoms of Fairy or Wings of Fate, they'll pop up. And yeah, I 
love getting emails from you all. I have a newsletter which offers a free prequel, which is great because you can kind of get an introduction before you read the book. So if you want to sign up for that, that's also on my website. Very cool. Well, Sky, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been another episode of Indie Know, a podcast hosted by me, Lane Northcutt, author and creative. I hope you enjoyed today's guest and that you went away from this episode feeling a little bit more Indie Know.